Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. We're recording late Tuesday afternoon soccer-themed uh, episode today. We're recording as Man City have just taken the lead over Brentford. Uh, that match is in the 78th minute right now. Uh, we're going to talk about Premier League outright markets, the Premier League in general. We'll talk about the Champions League, uh, where Drew in particular has a bet that he likes uh, and then we'll close out with um, some soccer nonsense that I'll get to. But let's start off with the Premier League. Uh, Man City are minus 120 uh, as we speak to win the league. Liverpool are plus 200. Arsenal are plus 400. Uh, and then no one else is going to win the league. So of those three teams, is there anything that's uh, appetizing to you uh, in the Premier League at the moment? Well, this is always interesting because now that football's over, it's fun to just sort of click through the major markets, see where the liquidity is, where will they take a big old bet on one click right now? And in the futures market, it's the election and it's the Premier League. <laughs> Those are the two that they want the big bucks on. Uh, and I think that just speaks to just worldwide liquidity uh, in these pools. Um, and, you know, I stared long and hard at uh, Man City minus 115. I was like, my goodness gracious. Like they have a game in hand, which they're playing now, which they were minus 600 to win. And they're like, oh man, like they get these three points. They'll be one within Liverpool and like, you know, doing a little bit of reading about their season. Cause I was, you know, completely frankly, I paid almost zero attention to Premier League uh, throughout the NFL season and just starting to kind of recap, you know, kind of catch back up on what's going on and like holland missed a month uh with a foot injury december into january uh kevin de bruyne has been a little bit uh on and off in terms of availability uh and it seems like they're doing what they did last year where they're trying to ramp into the close here uh and be kind of the dynamic dynamo team that was expected preseason because um you know realistically like this is this is deja vu all over again. Seeing uh, you know, the the price on city drift and drift and drift until they get into the business end of the season and they just win, 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 win down the stretch and uh take care of business in the FA Cup, take care of business in the UCL, and uh, you know, it it, it has those whiffs again. And uh I think uh, I, I'd like your perspective on whether there is something different or special about this year, but uh I certainly see a city team that, you know, 
I would have probably been making a case if they had played at full strength throughout the full season of like, okay, now the fatigue's gonna have to start setting in. Like they played so much more soccer than everyone else all throughout the spring last year, and that was coming off of a year where there was a World Cup and uh, and then right before that a Euro. So like these guys are kind of at the tail end of a really really tough uh, stretch of scheduling. Um, you know, but that said, the fact that uh, some of their key players missed a bunch of time in the middle of the season, I think portends well for them to close the gap now you look at what's going on specifically with them statistically like holland is on another level right now as just a goal scoring xg monster like i can't even remember another guy who's who's generating almost one xg per per appearance in uh you know in at this level of uh of play uh and it's pretty amazing to watch and um, you know, that said, like the midfield does look like it has some cracks. The defense is definitely, you know, kind of shown some, uh, you know, suspect uh, performances as you look down their uh, past performance sheets. So it's it's uh, there's probably something that I'm missing as to why, uh, you know, they're willing to write such a big number on Man City ultimately getting this across the finish line. Um, but uh, right now, I would think that the likelihood that they are what minus 200 or better in almost every remaining match in the premier league slate i think is high and so i'm not exactly sure uh what derails this team from uh from being the uh you know being at the top of the table at the end of the year for another consecutive year yeah so there's a couple things one uh man city are clearly the best team overall in terms of team strength when they played Home to Liverpool uh, a couple of months ago uh, without Kevin De Bruyne, who I think is the best player in the Premier League, and Liverpool were almost at full strength. I think Andy Robertson might have been out, but Man City were minus 140, uh, win, draw, win in that matchup without the best player in the Premier League. And I think the big thing with this race is that like this Liverpool team is not as good as previous iterations that challenged City. Uh, I think it was instructive that the market price when they played Arsenal was basically saying that they were equal to Arsenal and Arsenal have not been in that tier really with City, even though um, they made a run at the league last year. Now, Mo Salah was out of that game, but this Liverpool team just, it seems more rickety. They're getting lucky in terms of their XG. Overall on XG, they should be third at the moment and they played an extra game than City. They've been worse off than Arsenal um, in that regard. So my bet in this market, and look, it is a pretty liquid market, like looking at uh, Betfair, um, Man City, are, you know, they're, they're Man City are plus 108 on Betfair to win the wow. Premier League. And there's been $13 million matched on that market. So it certainly feels like Man City are more than a 50% chance to win. But the thing is, is that they've played with their food enough that like there's 13 games left. And they're at the mercy of matches like last week uh, against Chelsea or uh, the weekend against Chelsea where uh, they outplayed Chelsea and really should have won but just got unlucky and it was a one-all draw. And then all of a sudden that hands um, something of an advantage to Liverpool. I do think that what is in Liverpool's favour is, uh, one, they're not in the Champions League, which, I mean, they're in the Europa League, but they're not going to take that as seriously as City and Arsenal take the Champions League. Um, and then secondly, when they play Man City, uh, which I believe is at the start of March, uh, it's March 10, they play Man City, and that game is at Anfield. Mm. So that is handy for them, but I just don't think they're that good at the moment. Uh, and I think Arsenal, 
I would feel better about Arsenal's chances. Um, and Arsenal, I think, are in better form than Liverpool at the moment. But the fact that Arsenal have to go to the Etihad to play City uh, in the return fixture, after they did beat them um, at the Emirates in the first go-around, but the fact that that game is at the Etihad, um, don't feel great about Arsenal's chances there. So if I was betting this market, and again, like I'm not piling into this market, this is a tough market to beat, my bet would really just be the no side of Liverpool yeah. uh, and go to war with Man City and Arsenal, and you're getting you know minus two two hundred type of range on that type of, on that type of bet. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. And I guess I just to add, like it's worth noting that both Arsenal and City are going to be you know they're they're in some pretty meaningful important fixtures in the midweek here with uh, Champions League kind of being contested, uh, whereas Liverpool is not right. Um, and so if any kind of advantage exists in, you know, Liverpool being sharp against, again, that, that March match stands out because, you know, City's going to be coming off of the back end of their qualifying match against, uh, although it should be pretty easy. <laughs> Sorry, not expecting that them to have a, a heavy sweat uh, to get through to the next uh, leg here of the knockout rounds of the UCL, but you never know. Um, that said, uh, you know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that uh, the market ratings on Liverpool don't really kind of measure up to what you're seeing from a performance standpoint and like I, there's almost something I and again I maybe you just we just need a better soccer perspective on this and I'll ask around some people who do do this professionally and see if I can get some but like City has been dominant in these performances where they're coming away with this draw against Chelsea you mentioned their win today against Brentford like their XG differential here is going to be almost is two plus goals like they're going they're, they're they're squeaking out with a late one nothing win potentially um but the number underlying metrics are saying this is still the team you think they are uh, you know the bullies of all of european soccer so it's um it's tough for me to say whether this is a decent buy low on city because of that you know because people are a little un kind of unenamored uh with the results of late uh or if there is some structural problems because you know sometimes i will watch Man City matches and kind of think, man, like when they don't have possession, this team doesn't look quite as good. Uh, and, you know, there may be some, you know, definitely some s- teams that have, you know, skilled midfield that can take advantage of that and, uh, you know, make maybe make things tougher on them, particularly in the Champions League, uh, you know, knockout round later stages. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to square how a team could be minus 135 to reach the final of the UCL. <laughs> And then minus 120 to get through where you effectively have a co-lead with only 13 matches remaining in the Premier League. So, it's yeah, this is this is a tough one to square. And honestly, uh, with uh, the fact that they have kind of already gotten through the portion of their schedule uh, where they had some bad injury luck. And now that these guys look all fit and all you know, should start to play closer to their statistics. We should start to see some four one four zero type results here coming up. Uh, and at that point, I think uh, we could block this one in. Yeah, look, City's not perfect. I think back, they played a um, really tightly contested match against Newcastle relatively recently. And like City, are, they're a little bit slow in defense. They're not a perfect team. And Newcastle burned them uh, on the counter with my man, Alexander Isak. But uh, they still pulled out the result in that match. They are just, they are the best team. They're the best team in Europe. I don't think it's particularly close. And we'll talk about their Champions League odds. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they should be plus 108 on the exchange um, to win the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, top four and top six markets. Now you can effectively pencil in City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. 
for the top four. Uh, and then it's really, there are three teams for one spot in that market, Tottenham, Aston Villa and Man United. Uh, and then the top six market, you can add in Newcastle, Chelsea and Brighton uh, as contenders, more for Man United's um, spot in that top six. But my thought here is, so there are two teams towards the top of the table that have gotten very, very lucky on XG this year. Tottenham and Man United. Yeah. Now, Tottenham, uh, with my man Ange, uh, they just keep on pulling out these results. Now, that, I think they are somewhat in a better place than Man United because even though they've gotten really lucky, they've also had a ton of injuries. And James Madison is arguably their most important player. He was out long-term, now he's back. So I would expect that their just their team strength is going to pick up and that's going to counteract um, some of the luck regressing. Man United are terrible. Uh, on XG on the season, they are the 12th best team. They are worse than Brentford and Bournemouth, and Brentford and Bournemouth both have a game in hand over them. Brentford's playing that game at the moment. Um, there is there's a really good YouTube soccer account called uh, Pythagoras in Boots, which mm. breaks down uh, like individual players and teams and his breakdown of like what is wrong with Manchester United uh, was very scathing uh, and very well done. And there's just, there's just no, con- the team makes no sense whatsoever. There's no connectivity. They don't have any link between uh, defense and attack. There's no, there's no kind of cohesion in the group and they just, they haven't played well. They're just pulling out these results because Scott McTominay keeps scoring these last minute winners uh, and Scott McTominay being this like last minute uh, hero for Man United over and over again. I don't know what the NBA comparison would be. It would be like if um, Alex Len just started hitting these <laughs> random game winners like consistently. It's like, what? Why was Alex Len hitting all these game winners? It's like basically Scott McTominay is probably a bit better than Alex Len, but uh, the point stands. So in these markets, I would, if I was placing bets in these markets, it would be. Fading Man United for them not to make the top six back in the other side of minus 225 to make. And then in the top four market, even though Madison is back for Tottenham, I don't really understand why Tottenham are favoured over Aston Villa for fourth, given that Villa currently have two points in front of Tottenham. And when Villa play Tottenham, uh, that game is in the West Midlands home game for a home match for Aston Villa. So that would be how I would play these two markets. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I have Villa rated over Tottenham. Uh, and uh, that prices does seem backwards. Um, Tottenham, I mean, they, you know, the Spurs have more more worldwide uh, fan support, I suppose. Maybe that is influencing this market. Yeah, I mean that 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 could be uh, the reason that there's a little bit of a premium on them. Um, but no, I I would say Villa would be the uh, you know very clearly the correct uh, look there. Um, I guess I I'm almost more. And I, you know, it's it's going to take a lot, uh, you know, to crack into the top four for some of these teams that are longer shots, right? Newcastle, Chelsea are kind of the two that I would circle there. Um, the but top six is maybe a more interesting and more possible, more likely uh, for these teams that I think are playing well now uh, and are a little underrated by XG. Your, your Man United point I thought was the best. <laughs> looking, at, looking at my rating for this team, uh, I have them down with the uh, likes of Everton, 
And uh, yes, Everton is going to be fighting for rele- relegation. We're fighting yeah. off relegation here uh, over the next uh, few months. So I'm um, not exactly sure what Man United has done to deserve this uh, degree of confidence from anyone. Um, and uh, yeah, I think ultimately Villa sneaking in with uh, the top three who we know will be there in City, Arsenal, and Liverpool uh, makes the most sense. Uh, and then I think uh, Tottenham and Man U, I don't know that either of those are going to end up in the top six. I kind of like the outsiders here with Newcastle and Chelsea potentially stealing those two spots. Do you have any uh, strong opinion there? I think Chelsea are the most interesting team, um, maybe in Europe, um, from both like a just what has happened to that club and how the turns that they've taken and how they've used the transfer market um, almost entirely to their detriment. The fact that Maurizio Pochettino is now randomly their manager uh, and the fact also just from a betting perspective that um, the market adores this team and there's an excellent uh, Twitter account um, called uh, Consolation Goal at Wasted Galazzo, uh, who is, uh, I think, the best follow on soccer on Twitter, um, with one of, and he did a really good job breaking down how, like, the market just adores Chelsea uh, and yeah. people just keep getting screwed by Chelsea because they're in 10th <laughs> uh, and the market is treating them as though they're, like, the fourth best team in the Premier League or fourth, yeah. fifth thereabouts. Uh, and it's so they're one of the strangest team compositions because they've spent, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of power, hundreds of millions of pounds on this team. And then you look through the lineup and it's like, where are the, where are the good players? <laughs> spent sure. how much? Hello, Mudrick? What? Um, so it's just, they're a very strange team. But I just think because the market adores them so much and that they do have, um, what I like in terms of like variance in teams in soccer is when you have, like one player who can just come in and then everything just kind of molds around them. So it was a couple of, a few years ago, Bruno Fernandes comes into Man United. All of the te- all of a sudden, the team just makes sense. It's like a point guard. It's like Mike Conley going to the Timberwolves. All of a sudden, yeah. everything just plays better. And I think with um, Christopher Nkunku on Chelsea, him coming in can have that type of effect because they were starting Nico Jackson at striker and he's not. He's just not ready for that. So I do think they're a team with upside and they're the type of team where you want to ride kind of tails with just because yeah they might continue to be bad but the market loves them uh, and they do have talent and they have young talent and they have Nkunku coming in so there are reasons to buy Chelsea's upside yeah I guess the that that's a very good explanation um Chelsea left a phenomenal amount of points on the field on pitch in the first three months of the season and they are not playing like a top for top six team recently um you know their their expected you know expected goals differential is negative uh over their last five matches which is really all of 2024 so far and some of that is opponent based but uh you know some of that is just in general a little bit of slippage so i'm trying to cool off a little bit on my um you know just in, in excitement for a team like chelsea who is priced as an outsider when the market is telling you no they're actually pretty good and the uh you know the expected points over the balance of the season would have them sixth uh and uh just in general like i think um you know there's there's upside there just because of uh you know legacy and and you know money spent and intention uh and so yeah worth worth keeping a close eye on uh surely and uh uh but that said uh a team like uh yeah, a team like Newcastle maybe is a, a little bit more interesting because um, 
they have a little bit less ground to make up. People are kind of have forgotten about them as far as, you know, any kind of a, a meaningful contender for top four and top six. Um, they do have, uh, I don't know, they, yeah, they, they don't, they don't have a game in hand. I, I, I apologize, but uh, they do have uh, a little bit interesting, uh, you know, stretch coming up in terms of uh, after this Arsenal match uh, on the 23rd. So um, yeah, I could see them being a buy low after Arsenal potentially, uh, you know, beats them head to head here coming up this weekend. Yep. No, I like Newcastle. I don't really understand why they haven't been better. Uh, and they started the year off really well. They've dealt with a lot of injuries, um, but they they do still have upside. I think just macro-wise with these Premier League markets, I will say that like the outright, like who's going to win the Premier League, uh, is pretty pretty liquid uh, and pretty hard to beat. These derivative markets, um, it's not like perfectly derivative is the issue in terms of their pricing. Uh, and they are generally a bit more vulnerable, like, yeah, you're going to have better up a chance of beating, like, who is going to be the top London club uh, or whatever, then you're going to have a uh, beating who is going to win the <laughs> Premier League because on top London club, on to finish in the top half, the bottom half, I bet those markets over the year, like top half, bottom half, there are often some just bizarre prices. And, yeah, and those markets don't have $13 million matched on Betfair um, like the outright does. So those are the ones to really dig into and solve um, if you want to be... Betting soccer, which, uh, which, yeah, more people may be and, and perhaps should if uh, now that football season is over. But uh, anyway, before we get to the Champions League, this Saturday the Premier League is back on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Watch Man City continue their hunt for a fourth straight Premier League title when they take on Bournemouth. Coverage starts at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Um, just one thing for I, some people, particularly those US-based, may not understand what like Betfair is in the exchange. It's basically instead of um, a book, you're betting against just other people who are putting up prices. So when I say that Man City are plus 108 um, to win the Premier League on Betfair, it just means that any person in the world who has Betfair access, they can just bet uh, $7,000 straight away at plus 108 because someone has put that price up. So it is a fairly liquid market, um, just given that pricing will find efficiency because anyone can bet on it. You don't have to worry about um, limits or being banned from Betfair. Um, mm-hmm. And so it is somewhat or relatively efficient. 
I, can you comment a little bit on uh, also the total volume matched is that's cumulative over the balance of the season. Yes. And you have a lot of professional groups who are treating this as a buy and sell market yeah. over the balance of the season. And so there's, there's really no, there shouldn't ever really be stale prices because you're actively managing potentially a huge book here, right? Yep, absolutely. So, and look, these, the liquidity varies, like there's not going to be nearly as much liquidity in the Serie A outright as there is in the Premier League outright. There's more attention on the Premier League. There are books, uh, sorry, there are syndicates that, you know, for a living and for their operation are betting into like golf outrights on Betfair. And there is a ton of liquidity on golf outrights um, in Betfair. And to someone who used to, you know, set uh, limits by market at a book as trading strategy, like if there was liquidity in Betfair as a price reference point, then our limits would just be infinitely higher because we have Betfair as a guide. Um, and it just gives you a lot of confidence in the efficiency of your pricing. So, yeah, naturally, we're going to take way bigger bets on who's going to win the Premier League than we are on uh, who is going to finish uh, top 12 uh, in the second division of uh, the Spanish League, um, that type of thing. So things that are driven by Betfair tend to be just harder to beat. Um, because you don't have to worry about accounts. You don't have to, uh, to worry about all that type of thing because there is efficiency found through um, a lot of syndicates betting that stuff, and all just anyone. Anyone can bet Betfair um, in, if you have access anyway. All right, uh, the UEFA Champions League. Um, so Man City are your favourites at plus 175, uh, which is stunningly short for we're still on the round sixteen here, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the wrong price at all. Real Madrid is second favorite, plus four fifty. Arsenal third, which is still kind of stunning as an Arsenal fan, given that this is their first foray back in the Champions League for years, and they're the third favorite, plus five fifty. Bayern Munich are seven to one. Uh, PSG twelve to one. Inter fourteen to one. Barcelona are eighteen to one. Uh, I know you got a feeling about the top goal scorer market, but anything in the outright um, that you got any thoughts on? Well, uh, yeah, I think um, you know if you're unfamiliar with what we're you know any of the stuff that Jay was just mentioning, it may be worth setting the table a little bit here. Um, if you finish top in your in your domestic league. Um, and depending on how many spots your domestic league warrants, you qualify for the Champions League. And the Champions League has group stages. Uh, as qualifying before group, I think. But uh, regardless, there's group stages like the World Cup, and then there's knockout rounds. But the knockout rounds, unlike the World Cup, aren't contested in a compressed time schedule, and they aren't single elimination. They are home and aways uh, until the final, <laughs> when the final is single elimination, which always kind of boggles my mind. Like, well, why, why did we go through all of this home and away and then you just do the neutral final, but you know, hey, it's more watched than the Super Bowl, so they're doing something right. <laughs> the uh, uh, the the general uh, knockout stages, as you mentioned, we're down to sixteen teams. There's there's still some fat in the pool, I would say. There's some teams that you would think this is probably the end, uh, as far as uh, you know their progression. Uh, and I would uh, expect that uh, you know, kind of things get very interesting in round of eight. And we have no idea about path. So unlike a lot of others, you know, kind of um, playoff knockout type of, you know, environments, you can't really use path as an advantage, right? You can't pick on the weaker half of the draw because we really just don't know. Um, supposedly, they match up these teams randomly, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, whatever the case is, there's some very, very good teams remaining. And I think, uh, you know, the way you laid it out at the top is, is fair. 
Manchester City is the uh, the gorilla in the room. They're your defending champion. Uh, Real Madrid has had kind of uh, the most, I would say, the most um, uh, significant, you know, the most success at the Champions League level going back in the last twenty years. Would you is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Real Madrid is they, they they're kind of built for this uh, more so even than they are for La Liga play. I would say, um, and uh, you know the the Bayern Munichs of the world who made splashes by bringing in Harry Kane are you know they're they're they're, they're trying, but uh, in general are are not measuring up based on what uh, uh, the eye test is telling you. Um, you know, PSG is is definitely worth watching because they have potentially the best player in the tournament uh, in uh, Kylian Mbappe, uh, and uh, and then everybody else after PSG on the on the board right now, I would say is, is pretty long shots to even get into the final four, let alone into the final itself. Um, I would say that uh, if I were Man City, uh, I'm not really afraid of Real Madrid. They look like they've largely solved them. Bayern Munich also not uh, sp- spooking me much. In fact, Bayern Munich looks like a team that could get uh, kind of punked early here. Um, PSG, similarly, like just not enough kind of quality competition in the domestic league to to warrant, uh, you know, being able to step up your game when you're going up against the league competition. And I kind of, if I'm Man City, I think I'm feel it, fearing Arsenal the most out of this top five. Is that crazy? I mean, the, the Arsenal is, you know, they're, they're built to match up well. We've seen them go head to head. We've seen some pretty compelling uh, results uh, in favor of Arsenal over the last handful of years. Like this is, uh, I think if Man City can avoid Arsenal in the knockout stages, they're probably, you know, they're, they're, they're clearly the team to beat and they probably march. Um, I would, uh, I would give Arsenal a sincere look though at that price. And I'm not just saying that because I know you're an Arsenal fan. I, I honestly think like if there's a team that can get the better of Man City out of that top five, it's probably, it's probably them. Yep. No, I don't disagree with that. And look, Arsenal, are they're in relatively good position. They got a pretty favorable draw in the round of 16 against Porto. It's just it's difficult betting any of these teams in the outright when you don't know what the draw is going to be and if they're going to be coming up against the Man City monster in the quarterfinals or the semifinals. When yeah. I mean, it sounds well, maybe it doesn't sound weird to say like you want to play Man City in the final and yeah, not exactly. the quarters or the semis because the final is one leg and there's just more variance for a weaker team to win that than beating Man City. It's at Wembley. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so that'd have, uh, maybe helpful for Arsenal. Um, I want to make one bet in this market, and it sounds crazy, but I, maybe it doesn't sound crazy. I think it would be Man City at plus 175 because I'm not sure if you roll over the advanced prices and the final prices. I'm not sure you're getting to plus 175 yeah. because, well, one, they're minus, they're literally minus 100,000 to get out of round 16 because they uh, handily dispatch FC Copenhagen in the first leg. And also, mm-hmm. like, Going into that tie, they were minus 2,000 to advance, which is crazy. But, um, but the big thing in this Champions League, and I think in European soccer in, in general, is that all of the big teams this year suck, except for Man City. Like Barcelona won La Liga last year. Now they're terrible. Their coaches yes. leaving at the end of the year. They're, I think they're, they're fourth in La Liga. They're like behind Girona in La Liga. Uh, Napoli, who won Serie A, they have fallen off a cliff. I think they've been through two, maybe three managers already this season. They just fired yeah. another manager. Uh, PSG lost players. They brought in a new uh, manager, Luis Enrique. Kylian Mbappe is going to leave the end of the summer. They have kind of, they're in a, a rebuild. And also they don't get any competition in their domestic league because yeah. they just have so much more money and resources than everyone else. So they played uh, Real Sociedad in the first 
uh, leg of their round 16 tie. And even though they, they won the match, they were like really frazzled by Real Sociedad and their pressing because they don't have to deal with pressing in Liga because no one's good. <laughs> no one can beat them. <laughs> we'll get to Liga uh, in the last second. But like, all of these teams are bad. I think the next two best teams are Real Madrid and Arsenal. Also, Bayern Munich are a disaster. Um, they might sack their manager. They're likely going to lose the Bundesliga for the first time in a decade. So Madrid, I think, are probably the second best team, but they are missing like, Thibaut Courtois, um, mm-hmm. David Alba, Eder Melitao. All these guys are gone. They're, other guys are dealing with injuries like Rudiger, Bellingham's being banged up. I don't think they're as good as last season, even though they have Bellingham now because they lost Benzema. They have all these injuries. And Man City destroyed them last um, last tournament. So I just... I think if you roll over money lines, I'm not sure you're getting to plus 175 on Man City. I agree if the outsiders Arsenal would be my bet. But uh, again, like they're going to be such significant dogs to Man City if they have to play them in the quarters or the finals. So City yeah. would be my bet uh, at plus 175. Yeah, I should have catched it. If you're taking a swing on Arsenal, you're literally just hoping that the draw gets you there. Where yes. you take on the, you get the one you get the one neutral neutral <laughs> match against uh, uh, against City in London and uh, and you're hoping that maybe something crazy happens and they just have a little bit of a uh, you know sleepwalking moment in the semis and you don't even have to play them you could be the favorite in the final that would be wild yeah. um, but uh, no the way I want to attack this and I agree I'm, I, I I fully agree with your breakdown of the global landscape of European club soccer. Um, and there's a fun market for top goal scorer in Champions League. And uh, right now, it's uh, it's a toss-up. There's four men tied for five, Jay. Uh, but one of those men is Erling Holland. And he is, again, going back to the top of the show, he is producing uh, about one XG per appearance, which is phenomenal. That's elite. Uh, it's uh, better than Mbappe by about... Point two, um, which is incredible again because Mbappe is playing at Liga. Um, but the uh, the key here is that uh, Man City right now minus one thirty five liquidity, high liquid pool minus one thirty five to reach the final, right? And if you're playing into a top goal score market, the most important factor is how many games. <laughs> and if you're if you're odds on to be in the most games. Uh, then I think that you know opens up a huge, huge opportunity for you to create space between yourself and the rest of this field. Um, if you go back and you look through uh, Champions League top goal scorer from you know years past, almost every single year going all the way back to Messi stealing it one year when he was on Barca, not being in the final. It is a team that is in the finals every single year, except for one year where Erling Holland and Dortmund stole the show. Uh, and uh, because that you know he's he's he is a particularly um, you know, phenomenal finisher. If you haven't seen it yourself, it's 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 uh, truly something special to watch. Uh, and I think uh, Holland at uh, plus one hundred is a fun way to kind of get some exposure to Man City doing what everyone thinks they will do, uh, while also kind of being a little bit um, shielded from a surprise in the final. Because you know, there's there's definitely examples of the specifically the final going pear shaped <laughs> for Man City. <laughs> like yeah. that's it's happened <laughs> a lot. Uh, so lost, it's yeah, <laughs> lost the final to Chelsea, and the Chelsea's manager yeah. sat like months later. Like that Chelsea <laughs> yeah. game wasn't that good, uh, and City lost to them. Uh, and City really should have lost the final last year against. They should have. Inter, they got outplayed, I think, in that match. But um, no, I I agree with Harland. Also, this is a much less liquid market than um, Champions League outright. So, like I always with any market that I'm betting, I 
always ask myself the question of like, why would this market be wrong? Yeah. And there are plenty of reasons why the top goal scorer market in the Champions League uh, can be wrong. Less reasons why the Premier League outright would be wrong, for instance. Yeah. So this market can be wrong. Yeah, and I agree. I think that the fact that Haaland and Kane are so bunched up in price when Bayern Munich lost their first leg to Lazio and uh, are just a disaster of a team right now, at least relative to expectations. Um, no, I can fully get on board with Haaland. And the other thing that, that ties into um, why Haaland can win and why City can win the Champions League is that I think you could make the case, and I wouldn't necessarily agree with this, but you could make the case that the second and third best teams uh, in the world right now are uh, Bayer Leverkusen, who are like minus 500 to win the Bundesliga and haven't lost all season, uh, and Liverpool. And neither of those teams play in the Champions League uh, this season. So it really is, I mean, it's not cities to lose because, you know, they're odds against, but at the same time, you would expect that, uh, you know, they are head and shoulders above the rest of the competition uh, and they will take every game seriously naturally. So uh, mm. I think that, that riding City um, is the play in this one. And also, like, they were minus 450 in the final against Inter. Inter were really good. <laughs> and they were minus 450 to lift yeah. the cup in that match. Like, if you just... The market clearly respects them. And if they're going to be minus 450 against Inter, uh, then there aren't many teams who are going to be... who are going to make City too much longer than that. It would really just be, I think... Madrid, Arsenal, if Bayern clean their act up, um, but they really should. They will be fav- They will be clean favourites in every single matchup. Yeah, well, I would agree. agree. And uh, I, mean, you know, I mentioned there was a four-way tie for first with five goals. Uh, to win this, you realistically need to get into the eleven to twelve range, uh, if not more. Um, and you know, three of the four folks in that race, two of them play for Athletic. Atletico Madrid, who may be on their way out now. Uh, I know they still have, they, they get a return in in Madrid, so we'll 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 hold our breath there. But um, the uh, you know certainly the the uh, fellow from Man United, he's not even listed, so I don't think realistically he has a chance. So um, no, this is uh, this is Holland with a goal lead on Mbappe and on Kane. Uh, and with, uh, you know, uh, odds on to get to the final and play the most games. I think it's pretty compelling to take him on at plus 100 for top goal score. Yep, I like that. And just last thing around these Champions League markets is there's a lot of different ways to bet the Champions League. Like you can bet the outright, you can bet to reach the final. I think the thing to always keep in mind is um like so for instance if you want to bet on a long shot say uh psv eindhoven who have a goal difference in um in the eredivisie of plus 60 uh through like 22 games or something and right now as we are recording they are in a one all matchup with dortmund but say if you believe in their upside and you think they can win and they're 150 to one so are you better off backing that or are you better off backing 50 to 1 to reach the final? And I would say you're better off backing 50 to 1 to reach the final because, on average, I think they're going to be a bigger than 2 to 1 yeah. uh, underdog to lift the cup. So, always going to be thinking about path um, with, with that type of thing. If you can back these markets each way, um, that is also a rort of sorts, particularly if you're backing <laughs> uh, long shots like PSV. All right. Uh, Spring training is here. So for those looking to get ahead on the upcoming MLB season, grab your Roto World baseball draft guide. It's loaded with comprehensive positional rankings, projections, and player profiles to ensure your draft is a success. Visit NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use code baseball 24 
to get 10% off at checkout. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. And close out sharing a little story about a bet that I have uh, at the moment, uh, Drew, which uh, I regaled you with uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, and it is a bet on a uh, French team in Ligue 1 called uh, Stade Prestois, uh, Brest for short. Uh, that is what they are referred to as. And so I have a bet on Brest at 50 to 1 to finish in the top four. It was placed uh, earlier in the season. Uh, they are now even money to make to get into the top four. I uh, was able to get a decent amount on this, so it'll uh, recoup uh, the Hamlin losses should they should the coin flip uh, <laughs> uh, flip and turn up breast. But uh, I wanted to go through the process for this bet, and also it is fun when a fifty to one shot gets into even money. Uh, I was at the park with my kids on uh, Sunday, and Breast were playing this. Uh, really high stake matchup against Marseille, who are kind of on the fringe of the conversation. And Brest, they dominate the first half. They really should be up 2 nothing. Uh, and then we get in the car to drive home. I'm in the driver's seat. Brest get a red card. And I tell my wife, Sophia, uh, you've got to drive. And I will sit in the passenger seat and I will stream uh, Brest to Marseille. And I will uh, hand snacks to the kids uh, as they cry out from the back seats. But I simply must watch the end of this matchup. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is one-on-one with the keeper for Marseille. Uh, and then he gets uh, he gets stuffed. And then Bresco the other way. They get uh, kind of a, a miracle goal. They have a 1-0 win. Marseille sacked their coach after the, the matchup. <laughs> um, and, uh, and now Brest, they vault into second place. But they're even money to win this. It's unbelievable. I'm sweating. I start every every weekend. But the reason why I bring this up is not just to uh, to talk about um, the bet, which is shortened, but in terms of process, how I came across this bet is I made it earlier in the season um, after six, eight weeks in, and Brest, they were on top. They were tied top of the table um, with, I think, PSG, and they're 50-1 to one to finish in the top four. And it's because they were expected to come into the season as a relegation candidate. They finished 14th the year before. But if you look at what happened... Uh, towards the end of the previous season, they sack their manager, they bring in uh, a new manager, and then from that manager taking over, their form lifted significantly. And over the last 13 games of the season, they were a top three team in league. And when you combined the first 13 games of last season 
with the first seven games of this season. Um, so a 20-match sample in a competition where you only play 34 matches for the season because there's only 18 teams in the league. Over that 20-game sample, they were a top-two team and they're top of the table and they're 50-1 to one to finish in the top four. And look, I don't have any like player-up-based model uh, calculating team strength for League R teams. I have like a general awareness of what's happening with the league. I know that like Monaco and Lille and Lance are good and PSG dominate the league, but I can't tell you really what the difference is between like Toulouse and Nantes off the top of my head without like looking into it. But just by looking at that kind of set of facts and figuring out that, okay, no, their best player hasn't done his ACL or anything. Like there's no injury stuff. Uh, you just can't be 50 to one to finish in the top four when you've been a top two side for the previous 20 games uh, and you're sitting top of the table um, six weeks into the season. So I think that's just a good example of the fact that you may think that um, a market is difficult to beat and like top four in league, I'm sure people are just like, don't pay that any attention. Like, why would you? But you cannot know anything about a sport or very little about a sport or a competition. And if you just like kind of apply some basic logic, you can find value. And what I do is... Um, kind of every day, there are a list of markets that I know are vulnerable. Uh, and I just cycle through them every day, just looking for prices, looking for what is out. And you all, often don't need like a mathematical background or to be incredible at coding to find value in these markets. Sometimes logic um, is good enough. Yeah. You know what? Uh, there are a lot of parallels. I feel like I'm deja vu all over again with Aston Villa last year. Like yeah. they sacked their manager in November, uh, they bring in uh, Emery and uh, completely turned their season around. Uh, I thought that down the stretch, in particular, like mid February till the end of the year, that was a top three team in the Premier League, and uh, that's why I think they're a bet for top four this year. Yep. <laughs> They've carried that right through. They look great. Yep, yep. No, this is great. Me talking about uh, yeah, my star breast bet um, that is uh, plus one hundred currently. I should have waited until they were uh, minus ten thousand, um, but there's twelve. <laughs> 12 games left, Drew. Uh, they have a favorable draw. All the other teams have to play PSG a second time and Brest don't. So, uh, ah, that's uh, huge. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm sitting on that. But I do think it is yeah, kind of a, a reminder that um, there are a lot of markets out there that are vulnerable. And you probably, for most people anyway, um, those are the ones to really investigate more so than you know, trying to solve how to beat um, NFL totals at close. Um, it's all about <laughs> investing your time and resources um, in the right stuff. So hopefully the coin uh, yeah, lands on the right side for me here. Anything you're sweating at the moment, Drew? Anything uh, off kilter? Ooh. Uh, the uh, Sabalenka got bounced in Dubai. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> bummer. Very sad. No, not sad at all. Um, the uh, No, that was a nice... Uh, that was a nice outcome. I got a decent chunk of Iga uh, and uh, to go back to back Doha Dubai. Uh, she performed okay uh, against uh, Sloane Stevens coming through in straights. Um, the uh, that's that's about the most <laughs> interesting uh, weird one. Uh, I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of uh, wild cards for uh, baseball season. Uh, a couple of awards markets we may need your take on, but we can uh, okay. we can save those for uh, for March when spring training is kind of wrapping up. 
Okay. No, I like it. All right. We are done for now. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Crouch and Rudinsic, we'll see you soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor, you're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So, whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.